Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yes! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech executive producer here at the IQ. And this week, I have my man, fellow co-worker, colleague, my head of security, one of the best in audio YouTube, my man, El Jefe Review. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, sir? Doing good today, man. How you doing? I am good. Thank you for asking. Before we get started with the podcast today, I want to send a shout out to Rebecca Chan. Uh, she is an avid supporter of vidIQ. Every time I post on the Twitter or the Instagram, she's answering and interacting. Uh, she made two tweets recently alluding to Tube Talk. Uh, and one, she was retweeting that the promotion post that I put out every week. Uh, clearly, she enjoyed the episode with me and Romina. So, Rebecca, thank you for retweeting that. And also, she shared our podcast with somebody else who was looking for podcast suggestions. So, Rebecca, in two tweets, shouted out Tube Talk. So, I appreciate you, Rebecca. I'm glad that the podcast is bringing you value. And thank you for promoting and sharing it. Definitely appreciate you and your support that you give me and vidIQ. So, thank you. So, Jeff, I brought you here today because we got to talk about live streaming because live streaming is all the rage lately, man. And, you know, me and you, we've been live streaming since before even a thing on YouTube. But now, in 2022, YouTube seems to be putting a lot of backbone into live streaming. I want to talk about how you use live streaming, though, to build your community because you use live streaming in very interesting ways. So, talk to us about your strategy and how you implement live streaming and how you run and build your channel. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I'm using it a, a little bit differently now than a lot of people, but the community aspect has always remained there. And that's probably the biggest and most important way to sort of connect with your audience, especially your most hardcore viewers, the ones that actually turn on that notification bell, the ones that actually show up when something new drops, whenever they say, hey, El Jefe is live or new videos come out, they're the ones that show up. So building that community aspect is super helpful. One of the biggest things that has helped me is developing a schedule and being consistent with it, despite the fact that I didn't go live this past Sunday because I'm busy deep in production on a video that I'm trying to get done, trying to set up a schedule, whether it's weekly, whether it's bi-weekly, whether it's, you know, two days a week, whatever it is, set a schedule and show up same day, same time, week after week, come through and make yourself available to them. Because what you'll notice is at the very beginning, well, you know, when I first started streaming, I'd have 10, 15 people, you know, every now and then I didn't sweat it. I just kept going, just kept going every single week, kept going. And once I started bringing in topics and stories and started building a structure around it, still including the live Q and a function, but I started adding stories to it. It started growing. We started seeing 50 concurrent, 75 concurrent, hundred concurrent. Now it's usually between hundred and 200 concurrent for every single show. Sometimes it'll spike higher depending on if it's a really popular topic, but for a channel like mine, my size and the topics that I'm talking about, which aren't hugely popular, it's actually surprisingly good. So it's very, very doable having that live stream squad. And even then you also get a chance to bring in new people. There's a lot of new people who show up to my live streams who I can then have a good chance of converting them to becoming longtime subscribers. Well, they'll be like, hey, I saw you first on the live stream, but now they're showing up in the comment section of my regular videos. So it's really good as a tool to really bring them in, answer questions live. They can have live interaction with you. So it helps build that relationship. That is awesome. So you talked about building community. Is that the reason why you originally incorporated live streaming into your strategy? Because obviously we know with YouTube, the regular thing to do with regular videos on demand, long term, uh, long form video. But you talked about community and using live streaming as a point of building up your community. So is that why you initially started live streaming on your channel? 
Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That was really the main reason why I wanted to do it. It was a lot of fun. You know, we started live streaming, you know, by jumping on other people's streams. Then we all kind of started doing them ourselves. And it really does help with that. It's that's really the core driving behind it from its inception on my channel was to help with building community and solidifying the community around my channel. That is pretty awesome. I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons why I first started live streaming four years ago myself was, you know, you can make a video and you can have people comment on the video, but you don't really get to interact with them in real time. You get back to the comment whenever you can get to it. They might not see your comment for like a day or two or whenever they get back to it or whenever they get the notification. But with live streaming, as you know, Jeff, that one-to-one -one interaction, you could talk to your people. Like you said, the hardcore people that will show up whenever you hit go live and people are waiting for you. They're coming into your live chat. They're interacting with you. They're interacting with the community and being able to talk to those people in real time, one-to-one -one, is a special bond, unlike a few other things on the internet, man. So it's really special. Oh yeah. No, absolutely, man. I completely agree, man. And that's one of the best parts about it really is having the regulars, you know, and those regulars really turn into your most hardcore advocates. You know, sometimes they can become your moderators when you start developing levels of trust with them. But on top of that, live streaming, especially around building community and YouTube giving us those tools, it's a good way to drive channel memberships. If you are a monetized channel and memberships are available in your region, live stream is really really the best way to take best advantage of the membership feature that we have available on YouTube. Definitely. And I'll get to that in a little bit here. But what I want for to sure. talk about next is a lot of creators, they don't know when the appropriate time for them is to live stream. So how long were you into creating content before you decided to start implementing live stream? Oh, man, I don't think there's such a thing as too early. My problem and why it took me so long is because I had such a terrible internet connection that I was not able to stream. I, like I wanted to, but I think the stream, you have to have like, at least a stream in HD, you have to have at least like somewhere between five and 10 uh, megs of upload. And I didn't even have three. So like even just uploading videos was painfully slow. Streaming was just not possible. But as soon as I had moved to a different region where we had better internet, then that's when I was like, oh, I'm going live. And that's when I started kind of playing around with it, trying to figure out what time was the best for me to go live and trying to really develop what has now become the El Jefe live show. But it was just a matter of having the bandwidth the actual literal bandwidth to do it but it doesn't matter man like if you have 50 subs if you have 100 it doesn't matter because i would actually challenge new creators to start live streaming like as soon as possible there's so many benefits of it because there's no safety net with live streaming you have to keep going so it helps you develop your speaking ability on camera which will translate to better video presentation for your regular uh video on demand and secondarily, it adds to your watch hours. So those are the two things that you want to do, especially when you're a new creator and you're trying to get to that thousand subs and the 4,000 watch hours, live stream is a great way to build up those watch hours. Absolutely. So when you first started live streaming, a lot of people, like you said, when you're live streaming, you are on the go constantly. There's no stop. There's no rehearsing. There's no editing. You are literally live in real time. So when you first started live streaming, Jeff, how did you ease into it? Because I mean, I think when I first started live streaming, I would like have bullet point of ideas that I want to talk about so I could keep going and not like have that dead silence. What did you do to try to help you ease into it when you were first starting? Oh man, I didn't have any kind of game plan. I just, I, I just turned it on and I hope for the best essentially like, and thankfully the first couple of times I remember being rough because I didn't have that many people in chat. So we ran out of things to talk about and then I had nothing to work with. So then I was like, all right, well, I guess that's it. I'm out. Right. So it was like, it would just end at like 36 minutes or at like, you know, 28 minutes or 48, whenever the conversation stopped, I was like, all right, I'm done. But once I started really getting more accustomed to how the flow went and actually bringing in stories and things to talk about, that's made it to where my live streams 
routinely now my live shows routinely 90 minutes to two hours very routinely because the content that i'm putting into the stories that i bring in will usually take me to about an hour hour 10 and then i allow the rest of the time for a live q a and then we just go off on tangents but it's a lot of fun but going off of q a people will always have questions to ask they'll always ask you whether it's about content creation, whether it's about the stuff that I talk about on my channel, which is headphones and technology or even music, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. But at first it was a mess. It was just a complete mess. <laughs> yeah. When you first start out, it's pretty difficult to like keep a live stream going constantly and keep a new and fresh idea. But one thing, as you alluded to new creator, you can easily bounce ideas off the chat. They will give you ideas of what they want to talk about with you and they'll give you uh fresh things and topics to bring up. So integrating with your chat and talking to them, they will definitely help you keep the live stream going, especially if you're a newer creator and you're not sure how to keep that live stream running smoothly, your chat will definitely be there to help you out with that. Yep, for sure. All right, so now I wanna talk about how you use your live stream in interesting ways. And one of the things that you do that I think some creators do, but not many have really caught on to yet is that you actually run your live streams like actual regular videos on demand. Because at some point, I think when your live stream is over with, you will take a clip of that particular portion of your live stream and you will literally make it a regular video on demand. So talk about how and why you integrated that strategy. All right. So basically what, what Viper's sort of mentioning here is I've been experimenting with trying to create videos within my live streams. I've been trying to increase the replay value of my live streams for after the fact as a VOD. And one thing that I noticed was that there was YouTube sort of changed the way that it treated live streams and it started pushing them more into browse into suggested as regular videos. So as such, I started thinking in my head, what would happen if I use the title and use the thumbnail like I would for a regular video? And as soon as the live stream started, I would get straight into that topic to serve that, you know, thumbnail and, and title. And then after that, just hold the live Q and A, what would happen? So I started doing that. And that first experiment showed me that that really got people's attention. That really helped if I was going after a topic that was hot and the thumbnail worked, like it was a good thumbnail and it got people in. I did the video and then after the fact, people were continuing to watch it after it ended, after the live ended. But there was a huge retention drop because it was like the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes was the title and, and topic. But after that, we would go into a live Q&A and then the people who only showed up for what they clicked on, they would dip. So I was like, okay, you know, that sort of showed me, okay, there's some restructuring that needs to be done here. So initially what I first started doing was I started chopping using YouTube's own editor and I would chop everything after the main video portion. So as soon as I would finish saying what I needed to say for that topic, I would just cut it there. That's where I would leave it. And the live stream would still live. It'll still say streamed at, you know, you know, two days ago or whatnot, but it would have the title and thumbnail and it would be like a 15 minute video that definitely helped because now the retention doesn't have this massive drop at the end where everybody leaves and then the video goes on for another hour. So that was a huge, huge help. And even chopping the beginning, like if you have a live stream with like an intro and you're thanking people for coming, removing all that as well, that definitely helps. So that was the first level of the experiment. Second level, once I saw that that actually worked on YouTube, that YouTube would actually put that video in browse and actually push it out to the right audiences. That's when I started structuring it differently, where I started actually taking my scripts that I write for my actual videos, bringing them in to the live stream. And I would tell my audience, I'd say, hey, listen, for the next, you know, five, 10 minutes, I'm gonna be working on it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot a video live right in front of you guys. Not gonna respond to the chat until afterwards, but afterwards we'll do a live Q and A. So I would start the video and end the video the way I do a normal VOD inside my live stream. And then after the fact, I go in and I chop everything up to the beginning. And then I would chop everything down to the end of that video. I would do calls to action. I would do the whole thing. So now when you click on one of those streams, it looks like a regular video. 
it has that vibe. Like it starts off, you know, very, just like one of my regular videos, like, Hey, in this video, we're going to be doing yada, 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 yada. And then at the end of the video, I even do my normal call to action, which is, you know, Hey, if you're interested in another video or a full review of this thing that I just talked about, check out this video. I'm gonna leave for you right up here on the screen you know, and then I'm out. So it's the whole thing inside of a live stream done in front of a live audience in one take. And I leave the mistakes in if I make any, but so far it's worked incredibly well. And I know I've gone off on a long tangent here, but some of these chopped down streams are pushing, you know, 30,000 views after the fact, 40,000 views, 50,000 views after the fact. And it's proving the fact that if you go into it with a game plan, thumbnail, title, topic, you go into it with a game plan, you chop it up to the level where the replay value is there for, you know, VOD or video on demand audiences that it can actually perform super well after the live stream. So now not only do you get, it's like a triple win, the live stream audience win because they still get their one-on-one -on -one interaction. They get to see you produce a video live and they get the live Q and a aspect afterwards. And then I just got to do a little bit of work, chop it up, throw some timestamps on it, make sure that all the research is done ahead of time. And the video continues to win after the fact. And I can monetize it so that ads run on it and everything. So overall, the experiment is working super well for me. I'm doing these probably, I would say right now, maybe three or four times a month um, in addition to my regular content. But so far, it's been working extremely well. And it's helped me reinvigorate my own creativity, but also keep my content like consistent on the channel, especially when I'm like not feeling good or dealing with health issues. That is incredible. Also, I'm curious when your audience is sitting through you doing these live video, but they're not actually watching, they're just live video, but they're watching, how are they responding to that? Because obviously that's different from what they signed up for when they clicked on the stream, but you said even after you do the live video, they get to ask questions, so how are they responding? So, so far it's been actually really good. And one of the keys here is because, you know, people will just pop in during a stream, like that happens. Like you'll be like 10, 20 minutes in, they'll just pop in, hey, what's going on, right? The key here has been my moderators. So huge shout out to Barry Johnson, a uh, huge shout out to Holla Boy for always coming in and making sure they're always holding down the chat. So if somebody new comes in, they're like, is this live? Like what's going on? He's not responding to the chat. They're telling him, hey, Hefe's recording a, vi a video live. He's gonna be doing a live Q and A right afterwards. Just hang in there. So they're keeping the chat going while I'm, you know, while I'm doing the recording section. And then once after that, then we get into the whole live Q and A. So moderators have been super helpful. Now, if you don't have moderators, one thing you can do, and it's one thing that I did a while back when, you know, when I didn't have any moderators in there with StreamYard, I actually ran a ticker along the bottom that says I'm recording a video, but we'll do a live Q and A right after I'm done. Just hang with me. Like you, you can run a ticker there if you want to, it's entirely up to you, but that's one way that I did it at first. Now I don't have to, but that's what I did just to kind of keep people like, Hey, I'm live. I'll be with you guys in just a sec. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's trend alerts tool. Think Google Alerts, but specifically for YouTube trends. This tool is great for planning your next video as it helps you stay on top of trending topics within your niche. Provided you have vidIQ installed on your Chrome or Firefox browser, you'll find it on the left-hand sidebar the next time you're in your YouTube studio. Once there, you can create an alert and enter keywords for it and set the parameters. So, for example, I could have a channel that covers iPhones. And I may want an alert that includes things like iPhone, iPhone 12, or even Apple event. Then I can set up my alert to email me whenever a new video hits, say, 500, 1,000, or even 10,000 views an hour. So if suddenly I get an email and see 20 new videos all talking about iPhone 27 rumors, and they're all each getting about 500 views an hour, I know that something's probably going down and I had better hit record. The Trend Alerts tool is free when you sign up with vidIQ, so visit vidIQ.com, 
install the extension, and start creating trend alerts today. So I'm glad you brought up moderators because they are so important, especially in the live streaming community. I mean, I joke around and call you my head of security because I know how good of a moderator that you are. You've been rocking with me practically since day one. But talk to us about how you go about choosing moderators because that's a very special job responsibility within the community, but you just can't pick anybody to be your moderator. Yeah, basically, it's got to be somebody who is trustworthy, but you also have to talk to them like you have to you have to communicate with moderators, right? You can't just be like, okay, now you have a wrench. And then that's that like, nah, dude, there's a lot of power involved in that. If you have a bad moderator, they can go in and like really mess up your comment section on your regular videos, like they can do a lot of different things. So you have to make sure whoever's doing that, whoever you give that wrench role to that you actually trust them and that you have at least some sort of communications and DMs about what is okay and what isn't okay. You know what I mean? Like, right. what do you accept? Because there's some people who are a lot more loose about what they allow in their chat. Like some people whose uh, live chats are very strict. Like you can't even be like sarcastic. You can't, no curse words, no, no nothing. Like it has to be on topic or you're out. And so I've seen that. And then other people are more loose. Like I'm pretty loose about mine. For me, it's, I just don't like people who spam. Like people will spam questions over and over. And I'm like, yo, you need to chill. But more than anything else, it's just communication with them. Let them know what you're doing. Like before you have a stream, at least have like a quick text message or DM with them and say, hey, listen, here's what's going on on the stream today. Like for me with Barry, I usually will hit him up ahead of time, like before the stream. And I'll say, hey, dude, uh, today I'm going to be doing a live recording. So if you're around, I'd appreciate it if you could just kind of hold it down for the first 15 minutes and just make sure people don't, you know, don't bounce or whatever. He's always like, yeah, no problem. I got it. Thanks for giving me the heads up. Or if I'm going to be pushing some specific, like if I have a new link or a new new merch or something, I, I'll send him the links ahead of time. So that way, if I mention something, he already has a link ready. He can just drop it in the chat. So preparing them ahead of time as part of your preparation for your stream is incredibly helpful. You're helping not only them, but you're helping yourself in the end. So having communication with moderators and having moderators that you can trust, they have to people be people that you trust, whether they're online friends, whether they're somebody who's been a part of your community for a long time that you've seen that they are consistently like a good person, basically. Like you don't see them on somebody else's channel acting a fool and then they're on your channel being nice. Like, you know, you want to make sure that they're consistently in their personality, but that's, that's the way that I would treat it. Yeah. So important to have good quality moderators in there because like you said, they have a lot of power with their wrench. So you just don't want to give that power to just anybody and they have to understand the vibe of your community as well. So you got to be very selective and very careful about who you give that moderator wrench to because they are a direct reflection of you as a creator. So I'm glad you pointed that out. So thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got to talk about how YouTube seems to be going very, very hard with live streams, especially this year. They're rolling out new features. They're featuring live streams. And it would not be a podcast about live streaming in this month of May 2022, Jeff, without talking about our friend Emily D. Baker. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Talk to us about what you're seeing with her live stream and how she's just rocket shipping on YouTube, man. Woo! Oh, man, it's incredible. Today, I saw her at 217,000 concurrent, <laughs> which I was just shook. I was shook. Like, I knew that she would break 200K. I knew, like, I didn't think she would break 100K on a, on a concurrent, but 200K, I'm like, I know that's coming now. So I saw it today, but it, it's incredible. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a marriage of a topic that's incredibly viral right now. It is at the, the top of the funnel of searchable content. And then you add in someone who already has an incredibly engaged audience like Emily. Before this, they were already incredibly engaged. Yep. Like her numbers were astronomical as it was, but you add in this virality, you add in this the, the topic, but most importantly, you add in the fact that she has an incredible personality and 
She's also incredibly intelligent and knowledgeable around the topic that she's talking about. She knows her stuff. When you are an expert in a field and you can bring that, but also be entertaining at the same time and have uh, just have this warm, rich personality to you, it's a win-win combination. I know I'm gushing over her and, and I know you, I know how you feel about her, but us at VidIQ, we absolutely love Emily. Like it's, we, we all cheering for her. We're all rooting for her. So this is, um, it's a, it's a win for the community, but to see her live streams and her, her content that she's doing outpacing you know cnn outpacing entertainment it's insane and it's a win for youtubers altogether and live streamers in general yeah just to see what she is doing for live streaming in general it's just absolutely incredible but i love how you said that she is very knowledgeable about her subject matter emily is still a lawyer yes <laughs> talking about law so and i think in her intro she said she's been an attorney for 15 years but that's not former she's still a practicing attorney today so when she's bringing you the commentary about things that are happening in this amber Heard johnny depp trial she's bringing it from a area of expertise that is uniquely her because she's been in no courtroom she tried these cases she knows why lawyers are doing this she knows why the judge is reacting in a certain way she can tell you why a witness might be looking at the jury when they're giving their testimony all of these little nuances that us layman folk, we don't know what the hell is going on, but she makes it so simple and makes it so easy for us to digest and understand. And when you as a content creator are so knowledgeable in your area of expertise and you can break it down so minutely and make sure that all the nuances can be understood by the everyday person, that is when you are onto something special. So again, kudos to Emily because she is onto something special there. Yeah, that's the thing, because I'm not a legal expert by any means. And the fact that I can watch her stream, I can I can jump in at any time, watch her stream and that she can make she makes it so i can understand if i was just watching their the court because you can watch the stream you know by itself if you want to right. i wouldn't know where to begin what what is happening right now what is this what are they talking about what does that mean i have no idea she's there to let you know in easy to understand terms exactly what's happening her channel should be like court cases simplified because it, it makes it so easy for me to understand. I have no idea what's going on, but she's letting you know what's happening, you know, and she's sort of reacting in real time to it, but she's also giving you context. That's the key from somebody who really, really knows their stuff. So it's one of the things when you see people live stream from channels that are really experts in their field, it's amazing. There's another one called uh, Launchpad Astronomy. He's one of the Niminati people, but he has an astronomy channel. And when he was doing his live streams around like the James Webb telescope, being launched. It's incredible because he is a legit astronomy uh, professor. Like he is a the real, he was an actual expert. So listening to him break it down in a way that a layman like myself who, who loves space, but I don't understand all of the nuance, having him break it down for me as a part of his audience, chef's kiss. It's perfection. A different, it's a different take on what Emily's doing, but still the same thing because it's somebody at an expert level bringing it down to you in a way that you can easily understand as a general viewer. It is a beautiful thing for sure. So earlier you alluded to some of the different things that you can do with live streams like channel membership. And there's other things that YouTube is doing to beef up their live stream offerings, a membership gifting, live redirects, all sorts of things that have been seen before on other platforms that YouTube has started to integrate into their own live stream offering. So Jeff, how do you see live streaming evolving on YouTube over the next maybe let's say five years? I mean, I'm hoping that they keep beefing it up. And I mean, we're already starting to see that. So discoverability has always been good on YouTube. Like that's that's something that is is a good thing. It's one of the major strengths that YouTube has over, say, something like Twitch, right? We have huge discoverability. And now the fact that I 
on my own with my own evidence have, have shown how my live streams can get pushed out. And I've had even had people tell me like, yeah, I was just live watching some other video. And when I was searching for, you know, wireless earbuds, your live stream popped up and you were live. I'm like, oh, well, he's an expert. Let me click in here and watch. So we know that that's, that happens, but them adding more to it, right? Beyond super chats, beyond memberships, redirects, amazing. They probably got to clean that up a little bit to make it a little bit easier to work with. Cause it's a little bit funky on the details. It does work though. We we've been trying it out, but I see it really starting to become a bigger thing on YouTube than it is now in a sense of where it's going to become sort of more forefront. I know they're putting a lot of backing into shorts and stuff, but I think live is really going to be sort of the way of the future because of the one-on-one -on -one interaction. That's really where it's going to be. And it's going to be a win-win for everyone because you get to interact with the creators that you like, but also for the creator, it's going to be a win-win for them because not only do they get to build a community, there's also a lot of monetary benefits to it. Not saying that that is everything, but it's a big win because if you can do what you love and have a supportive community who's there to support you in that way, then I mean, why not? Absolutely. And I love how you said that you think you feel like live is going to be the wave of the future because of that bonding. And that is so true. Like I said earlier in the podcast, there is something uniquely like amazing about being able to communicate with your audience one to one in real time via a live stream. It is absolutely incredible. I want to talk to you about live stream analytics because, you know, I noticed like three years ago that live stream kind of screwed with my regular video analytics. And I know that YouTube is making some changes along those lines, and I'll get to that in a moment. But how have you seen your analytics affected by the way that you live stream? I know you said that you were seeing your stream get pushed out, but are your live streams impacting your normal non live stream videos, or is everything kind of working in harmony for you right now? No, everything's working good right now, man. So that was a thing where, like, what you were experiencing and why people were splitting their channels, and even our friend John Prosser's experience with what he saw where live streams are hurting his impressions on his videos after the fact. A lot of that stuff has been fixed. I know um, Daryl Eves had done some experimentation on that stuff and really bringing it to the forefront. Thankfully, those problems have been fixed. So right now, the live streams are playing perfectly in my analytics with other content. One of the things that's a little funky about it still, and I've, I've actually sent feedback to YouTube about it, is you know when we upload a new video, you get that new video card. When you do a live stream, it gives you the new video card, but it doesn't update the way a regular video would. Like when you come back, it's like 18 hours later and you come back 20 hours later and then three days ago or six days ago, seven days ago. The live stream one stays as a snapshot of when it ended instead of updating. I wish they would fix that. That'd be kind of cool that they would treat it like a regular video after the fact, because it makes sense for them to treat it like a regular video after the fact, since it's now a video on demand. Right. Like that's one thing where I think they need to kind of get past that. But so far it hasn't damaged my analytics in any way. I mean, I'm, I, I don't watch like my watch time too much because I'm already a monetized channel, but it's working in my favor a hundred percent doing the live stream is definitely working in my favor. I get a huge spike in views when I drop it. Essentially, if you look at my analytics, when I do a live stream, it essentially looks like I just dropped the video. It's essentially what it looks like in my analytics. I get the big bump in views and then the slow kind of wear down as it comes down until the next video or the next live stream, it bumps back up. So you can't tell the difference when, when I drop a video to when I live stream, it looks the same on my analytics. It's pretty wild. That is pretty awesome, man. So, YouTube is making some changes with the analytics, which I think all of our creators are going to greatly appreciate. They are finally splitting analytics up, uh, splitting the content categories into their own analytics bucket. So before uh, now, live streams, shorts, and videos all got dumped into the same analytics soup, and it was a complete mess. Now, YouTube is getting videos on demand, their own analytic bucket. They're giving live streams their own analytic bucket, and they're giving shorts their own analytic bucket. And I think that this is going to be a much welcome change for creators because it makes it easier to figure out why videos are doing what they're doing, 
if they have their own content buckets. So El Jefe, talk to us about this change and how you think it'll benefit a lot of creators. And I think it's going to be amazing. Oh yeah, I think more than anything, uh, more than anything else, I think it's going to benefit people who are using um, their channels for both shorts and live streams. Like for me, I know live streams are their own thing, but for me, live streams and videos on demand. For me, it's fine that the analytics are mixed. For me personally, I welcome though having individual analytics for each. But for shorts, I know a lot of creators who stayed away from doing shorts all this time because when they did do a short, it really messed up their analytics. Like it threw all all the numbers were off. Everything looked really weird. Yeah, you're not the only one. You're not alone. There's a lot of people who stayed away from it. And this is why you see a lot of huge channels started shorts channels specifically separate from their stuff because they didn't want anything messing with their analytics. They use that deeply to get insights into their audience and what's working and what isn't working to base their content strategy moving forward. You can't have anything muddying the waters there. So this is a big, big win for us analytic geeks out there. Not everybody looks at their analytics and that's totally fine, but for the ones that do, this is a big, big win. And having that ability to now not have it muddy those waters where you can have those analytics separately, I think it's only going to be a win for us, especially if they start giving us deeper insights into what makes shorts work. Absolutely. Anything that can help us better understand why our video perform or don't perform, I am all for. And I think most creative will be all for. So kudos to YouTube for implementing this change because it is long past overdue. And I think it's going to benefit most creative for sure. I want to get your thoughts on Premiere because they're kind of a live stream video on demand hybrid. Have you been experimenting with them? How have they been impacting your channel? What do you think about Premiere? Premieres are dope, man. So much like they, they got a bad rep when they first launched because they were borked when they first launched. Yeah, it was, They were launched at the same time and they were having the same issues that live streaming was having back then where it was hurting bit, uh, video performance after the fact. So, but that has totally been fixed. So now doing them has been helpful, at least for me personally. Now, one thing I would say is if you're dropping multiple videos a week, I would not be premiering every single video. If you know, you're doing like a weekly Okay, that's fine. But one of those things is I wouldn't do it for every single one if you're doing multiple videos per week. But I think the key for premieres is really to show up. I know a lot of creators schedule videos, you know, to go live at whatever random time so they can go on about their business. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to do a premiere, you need to be there. You need to be in that chat. You need to be interacting, especially if, you know, the premiere if it's like a longer video, like if you're going like for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you for sure want to be there. That's one th- one rule of thumb too. If I have a video, which never happens, but if I have a video that's less than five minutes, I'm not going to do a premiere on that. Um, I'm not going to make people wait three minutes just for a five minute video. Like I'm not, I'm not about to do that. So, but the whole point is if you're giving them like, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, you're going to be there, be in that chat, interact with your people, show up. Even if you're the only one there, be there, be there, always be there. So that's, that's really the key to it for me personally doing them has helped kickstart videos. So, um, especially if it's like a hot topic, something that people really want to know about something that's kind of trending right now then you definitely want to do it. You, you know, it helps you like build up hype for that video. You can schedule it for like a two minute drop or a three minute drop. It makes it an event. And the cool thing about it is once it's done, if you get, you know, 80, 90, hundred people to actually show up for the premiere, when it just becomes a regular VOD after the premiere, you're already going to have, you know, something like anywhere between hundred and 500 views already on the video just to start. So it's already going to be looking good. So in my experience, it's worked really, really well for my videos, assuming the topic was premiere worthy. Definitely. Uh, I think you said something that is very important as it relates to premieres. If you are going to premiere a video, you all make sure you are present for the premiere. It is so crucial that you're present because it's literally a chance for you as the creator to interact with your audience in real time as they watch one of your videos. 
if you do a premiere and you're not there, why the hell are you doing a premiere? Like, what, exactly. what are you doing here? Don't do it. Just don't do yeah. it. It's, do it. Dude, I've been there. Like, I've shown up for people's premieres, and, and I'd be like, hey, what's up, man? And crickets. Nothing. And then I would be like, I would leave a comment like, hey, I was there for, for your premiere, but you did you not see my comments? What happened? And like, oh, yeah, it was a scheduled premiere. I'm like, you need to schedule yourself to be there. Don't schedule the video. You need to be there. <laughs> like, what the heck? So, yeah, yeah, that's one of the things where people need to show up for sure. Definitely. So we spent a lot of time talking about live streaming on this podcast. There's a lot of creators out there who are considering live streaming, but they might be apprehensive for one reason or another. Hefe, do you have any advice for creators out there who want to live stream, but they might be apprehensive because they know what to say or they are just apprehensive of the unknown because we know how unpredictable live stream can be. Any advice for people out there, Hefe? Really, it's just going to be like the same advice that I give people with starting YouTube. It, and it's just do it. Like, just get out there and do it. One of the things that I will tell you to do is before you go live, and this is for everyone, make sure you go into your community settings and you block links and you block hashtags and you block all that stuff. It's going to work in both your live chat and in your comment sections. And this way, if anybody tries to come in and leave like messed up spam links in your live chat, it'll automatically block them. So that's going to be the biggest thing. But aside from that, it's really just get started. Like don't overthink gear. Don't overthink stuff. It's really going to help if you just get started. I know plenty of people who started live streaming just with their phone. Same way that I started my channel, grew it to nearly 20,000 subscribers with just my phone. There's plenty of people who do the same thing for live. Don't overthink it. Just get in there and start doing it because the benefits of doing it are far reaching especially in making you a better and stronger creator. So it's a huge win for you personally. So you just got to get in there and do it. You got to get those reps in. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. Some things you just have to get in there and have that on the job training. And with live streaming, you just need to get it behind the wheel and get that on the job training because there's nothing quite like live streaming on whether it be YouTube or whatever platform that you choose to live stream on. It is a unique experience that I think every creator should experience just to see how they like it. I mean, if you don't like it, then you don't like it, but you should experience it at least once because it is a unique experience for the creator and the viewer alike, for sure. Yep. Hey, yo, Hefe Reviews, my dude, always coming on here, bringing fire. I appreciate you. If the people want to follow you, Jeff, where are the best places to follow you? Man, I mean, literally at El Jefe Reviews across all social media. It could be Instagram, it could be TikTok. Twitter is where I mostly live, so at El Jefe Reviews on Twitter. And then obviously YouTube, El Jefe Reviews. And that's El Jefe with a J, so E-L-J-E-F-E, El Jefe Reviews. But that's, yeah, that's where you can find me. Twitter and YouTube mostly, and then everywhere else, still the same handle. His name is Jeff. That's right. (laughs) Man, I appreciate you making time. Thank you, and thank you to all of you all who are listening to this episode of Tube Talk. Definitely appreciate you all. For El Jefe, I am Viper. I will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by Vid IQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.